absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on fearless presentations, Doug Stannett. Welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. On this episode, we're going to cover one of the most important tools in the speaker's toolbox. It's the ability to captivate an audience with a great story. And I'm going to give you five really simple things that you can do to become a better storyteller. By the way, make sure to to, uh, subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss a session. And also make sure and leave a comment or a review if you really like the podcast. Uh, The episode is sponsored by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you're looking for the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear and become a more persuasive speaker, we've got two-day public speaking classes coming up in Tampa, Denver, Las Vegas, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Columbus, Dallas, Chicago. All those are happening in the next few months. We've also got a virtual class coming up in just a few weeks. So if you really want to get better at speaking in front of a group, make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com for details. All right, so let's get on with the five ways to help you become a better storyteller. So one of the things that I've kind of figured out over the years is that great speakers know how to tell great stories. (laughs) And basically what I'm going to cover in this session is I'm going to give you five really simple steps of storytelling that, that every great speaker knows. Uh, And if you can use these in your own presentations, it's going to help you become a much more powerful speaker and presenter. If you've been listening for a while, you may recall that a while back I gave you a session on how public speaking or how stories can help you reduce public speaking fear. Uh, And in fact, I think next week, uh, as a continuation of the five steps, I I think I'll kind of reiterate that one more time. So stay, stay tuned next week. We'll come back next week and we'll cover how public speaking fear can actually be reduced by telling stories. On this one, we're just going to give you the nuts and bolts of the storytelling, though. Um, so if you've ever been in one of those situations where you, you're you telling a story or you're trying to insert a story into your presentation and you're thinking, oh, man, I'm just not really good at doing this. If you've ever felt that way, then these tips can really help. Um, and by the way, whether you follow the steps exactly or not, it's not really the the most important thing here. Just just the fact that you're inserting stories into your speeches is a big advantage. And we'll kind of share that as we go. Um, Most presenters in the business world give really, really, really boring speeches. So a well-placed story is a powerful tool that can make your message much more interesting and more entertaining along the way. So one of the things to keep in mind is that although these are really good steps, the things that I'm going to cover in this session are going to be really, really good. The, the steps of the storytelling are not, not nearly as important as the story itself. You know, storytelling in our personal lives is really, really normal. We do this all the time. When we get together with friends or family, we build rapport by sharing good stories about ourselves. Um, I, I give you an example. Years ago, I went to a, my high school reunion and I was visiting with friends that I hadn't seen in decades, a very long time. So one of the funniest things, though, was that I was expecting that it would just be a bunch of us reminiscing about stories from our teenage years. However, it, it, the opposite actually occurred. It was really interesting to hear about what my friends have done since high school. Um, we spent hours catching up and and. Uh, and, and the way that we caught up was by 
telling great stories to each other about our experiences. And many of my friends had accomplished some really impressive things in their careers. And however, none of them really sounded like they were bragging. They were basically just telling, telling stories to us. So the biggest public speaking secret that I know of is that you can do the exact same thing in your speeches. When you, when you share stories of your successes, your audience lives vicariously through those stories that you're telling. Um, I, I, I remember growing up hearing the phrase, you know, experience is the best teacher. And after being a business owner for 20 plus years now, I realized that that phrase is kind of misleading, right? Um, experience is not really the best teacher. In fact, somebody else's experience is the best teacher because when I hear a story about how someone else accomplished a goal that I want to accomplish myself, I can learn from it. I don't have to experience all the turmoil that he or she went through to, to gain that wisdom. So um, if you follow the steps of storytelling that, that we're going to cover in this session, you'll, you'll realize that the steps in and of themselves are not nearly as important as the actual story. So just pick a good story to tell. The steps don't really matter as much. All right. But with all that being said, let's kind of cover the, the five steps so that it makes it a little bit easier for you. Um, you follow these tips, you're going to become a much better storyteller. Um, the, the best practices that, that will help you kind of organize your stories better are uh, is that you want to remember that your audience members have a really, really, really short attention span. So good storytelling can help you capture and hold the attention of your audience for longer periods of time, though. In fact, inserting better stories is a really simple way to improve your presentations dramatically because the stories in and of themselves actually help you capture and hold people's attention pretty dramatically. Um, so basically, these tips that, that we're covering here will, will kind of help you in, improve the structure of the story. However, the best way to deliver the story in your presentation is just to play the video in your head, then just tell the audience what you're seeing as you as you relay that story. And, and great storytelling is, is really just sharing your own experiences with your audience. So if, um, if the steps that we're covering here um, are a little outside of your comfort zone, start by just inserting a single personal story from your own experience in your next pres presentation, and then try each of these tips one at a time in future presentations. That way you get more comfortable over time. So number one, tip number one is that you want to focus on a single incident. This is one of the more challenging things. So in the, in the early days of my presentation classes, I, I stopped using the word quote unquote story. And I started using the word incident. And the reason why I did that is because a novel is a story. However, a novel may contain hundreds or even thousands of incidents. And so I was listening to a, a talk radio show recently and, and there was an ad for um, Legacy Box. Apparently this is a this is an organization that you can send all your old photos and videos and stuff like that to and they'll, they'll transcribe them into a digital format. And um, they, the, the narrator on the commercial basically said something really interesting. He said, we don't remember days, we remember moments. And that is really, really true. So let me give you a couple of examples of these. I pulled two different examples, two, con two contrasting examples off of YouTube. It's basically that the actual video is called Eight Hours of Dull Rambling. And um, it's, well... I'll, I'll play it just so you can kind of hear. I'm not going to play you all eight hours of it. I'll give you a few seconds. You'll probably get the, the gist of it. Hey, hey everybody. It's uh, Scoots here. And I'm always, you know, I'm always looking for something lulling and soothing, but a little bit different or original to do to put you to sleep. 
And I know unboxing videos have been a big thing, you know, since uh, since a long time. You know, everybody, and it can be interesting. Or you go to, you go online to watch reviews and stuff. And so I thought we'd do an un, like this is an unboxing like a lulling unboxing. It's not going to be technology though, but this will be an actual. Uh, I guess it won't be a live unboxing as I'm recording it. I, like I, I'll be here actually unboxing this uh, for real. So and and I think it's very. It's not you know I just didn't pick something like okay we're going to unbox a, a bag of sponges. Uh, because, well, that wouldn't take an hour either. It's, okay, it's open. Uh, but actually, to speaking of sponges, this one came from my brother, Carl. Uh, he's already off topic, okay, uh, tra- I'll, tra- I'll, straight into... I'll, I'll kind of stop it there. But it goes on for eight hours like that. Basically, that is somebody just kind of rambling. That's the way a lot of speeches kind of sound. A lot of speeches when we get in is that we just kind of keep talking. We're not sure exactly what we want to say. And so as a result, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And it gets kind of boring. Well, stories are magical, though, because if you spoke, if you focus on a single incident, a single moment in time, it can really capture the attention of your audience. Here's another example. This is Will Smith. He was actually on a talk show and he tells a story about building a wall. I mean, not the most exciting kind of story, but he makes it exciting because he were there with he and his brother. So kind of listen to this one. This uh, this one year, my father had his shop and he decided for whatever reason that he wanted a new wall on the front of his shop. So he tore down <laughs> probably about, uh, you know, 16 feet high and probably about uh, 30 feet long. He just completely tore yeah. the wall down and my brother and I had to dig a six foot hole <laughs> we for, the, mixing, foundation for, for the foundation right. and we would mix in the concrete by hand yeah. a year and a half we were building this wall for a year and a half every day after school we would come and mix in concrete put it in the hole doing it yeah. and it was just myself and my little brother and I remember standing back looking at that wall saying there's going to be a hole here forever <laughs> a year and a half later we laid the the final brick yeah. and my father stood back and he looked at me and my brother and said, said don't y'all never tell me that you can't do, do something. something and walked into the shop and i learned very young you you don't try to build a wall you don't set out to build a wall you don't say i'm gonna big build the biggest baddest greatest wall that's ever been built you don't start there you say i'm gonna lay this brick yeah. as perfectly as a brick can be laid. There will not be one brick on the face of the earth that's going to be laid better than this brick that I'm going to lay in this next 10 minutes. Yeah. And you do that every single day. And soon you have a and wall. And soon you have a, a wall. wall. Yeah. And I think psychologically, the advantage that that, that gives me over, over a lot of people that I have been in competition with in different situations is... It's difficult to take the first step when you look how big the the task is. The task is never huge to me. It's always one brick. Me too. So you kind of see that basically what Will Smith did there, though, was he he captivated the audience with that story. He used lots of energy and enthusiasm. He focused on one specific, well, two, really, because he focused on the very beginning, where his dad tore the wall down, and then he focused on laying that final brick and what he learned from it. So great storytellers don't try to tell us a a verbal novel. Instead, they focus on a single incident, a a single interesting incident 
So, um, but basically those two videos show two dramatically different examples. The first is kind of a tongue in cheek example of a person telling a very long winded rambling story about nothing. And the speaker spends eight hours telling about opening a box of sponges. And the second actor, Will Smith, is telling us about a lesson that he learned as a child. And, and he tells of his father knocking down a brick wall and, and telling how Will and his brother, you know, were, were rebuilding it. So the story had, it was an entire year's worth of Will Smith's life. However, he tells the entire year in a two minute version, a two minute story. He does this by focusing on the specific incidents. You know, he tells about the day his father knocked down the wall. And then he tells us about the day that he and his brother laid that final brick. So the technique is, is the key to the art of storytelling. And it, it makes for a fantastic story. It's something that your audience will really enjoy. The second tip is that great storytellers get the audience involved with what's called a hook. You know, sometimes a compelling story doesn't necessarily follow the correct chronological order. Um, I'll give you a good example of this. I remember watching the Quentin Tarantino film, Pulp, Pulp Fiction, years ago. Uh, and, and in the opening scene, if you've never seen the movie, in the opening scene of Pulp Fiction, a couple is discussing places to rob. Now, these, these are criminals and they're sitting in a, in a cafe and eventually they decide to rob the diner that they're actually seated in. And as soon as they pull out all their weapons, you know, the scene kind of cuts to the end. You don't, you don't really know what's what's happening there. It's just you're starting right in the middle of the action. And you don't see these two characters again until the very end of the movie. And I have to admit, when I when I watched Pulp Fiction the first time, I was confused. It was really it was an odd way to kind of start the movie. However, you know, as we got to the end, when Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta end up being in that particular diner, it made me laugh. It was, it's kind of a funny way to kind of bring you back to the, the beginning again. Um, the Hangover, the movie The Hangover, it had a similar start with the end technique. Um, you know, I mean, great movies, TV shows, news programs they use this technique a lot you can use it in your in your stories as well they basically give you a taste of what is coming at the beginning and so you can do the same thing when you're telling stories you foreshadow something that's coming and one of the best examples though is the is the hangover the one i was mentioned before i mean the bachelor party group wakes up and realizes that there's a tiger in the bathroom and none of them can remember how the tiger got there or, or what happened in the last, you know, five or six hours. So the story unfolds and, and tells us the answer later. And, and it's obvious that the person who wrote this script was and it had exceptional storytelling skills. And you can do the same thing in your stories. You know, knowing how to tell a great story really starts with a little showmanship and telling the end of the story first can often be a great hook. Uh, to 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 make the story even more interesting. So to do this, just think about the most action-packed part of the story, and then start with that part. As you as you kind of start in your presentation, start telling the story. Start with the most action-packed part of the story, and then fill in the the prequel later. So the third thing that you can do is you want to narrate the story using the when, where, who, and what. Um, so as as far as steps in storytelling goes. Um, the part, this part is, is what most people are kind of looking for. How do I actually start this story? How do I actually, how do I, how do I deliver it? Right? Well, I mean, this is the how to of how to do it. 
Um, if you if you if you don't step focus on steps one and two, though, by the way, then this part is going to be pretty boring. However, if you're if you're looking for a way to really organize your story better, then start with the when, where, and who. Get that part out of the way in the very first sentence, and and then the what and the why will actually be delivered be delivered in the the rest of the story. Um, in 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 our classes, when I when I'm teaching fearless presentations classes. We have our students start their stories with the when the story happened. So, so like for instance, um, um, I'll give you an example. So when I was six years old, my dad caught me sneaking out of his bedroom with a dollar that I stole from his wallet, right? So that, that kind of gets you right in the middle of the story, right? Um, here's another one. Uh, back in 2005, I finished a team building activity where the audience gave me a standing ovation. One of the participants said that was worth a million dollars. She was wrong. That it was actually worth about twenty million dollars. There's another one. So again, all I'm doing is just starting with when this thing happened, and and the story kind of it, it creates that automatic hook that we were talking about before. So last week I made an uncomfortable phone call. <laughs> I had to fire my new web guy. So in each of these examples, my goal was to both give you the when, the who, and the where. But I also wanted to use that hook to try to get you to to want to know what actually happened to that that got to that point. Um, so it it makes for a much more interesting story if you kind of start with that way. Start start with the when, the where, and the who, and then tell the what yeah, later on in the story, and it'll make your stories much more effective. All right, tip number four is that you want to use lots and 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 lots of details. <laughs> the key is to paint the picture of your story during your presentation. Great communication occurs when the speaker is able to paint vivid pictures in the mind of the audience members. The details that you put into your stories are, are really the key to the success here though. These important details can make a, a story really a work of art and that's what you really want. These, these details are important concepts that also make the data points in your speech much more memorable. So if there's something that you need your audience to remember, paint those details vividly with a with a with a picture in your story and it makes it a whole lot easier. So I'll give you I'll give you kind of a bad example and then a good example. Here's the here's the bad example. This is this is somebody using abstract concepts which by the way are one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of people make in storytelling. They just give vague generalities. So it would sound something like our team worked on a similar project last year we all worked together and came up with a great solution. So teamwork is important. <laughs> so basically that just leaves the audience with lots of questions. Who was on your team and what was the problem and how did they come up with the solution and how did the solution work? And how is this similar to what we're going through right now? If, if the story was a, was a painting it would just be some kind of nebulous modern art when we when we really wanted something a little bit more tangible. So I'll, I'll give you a better example. This is where if you put information, important information into that, that story, it creates more of an engaging story and, and creates an emotional connection with the audience. So um, something like um, last year, Abby had a client who hired me to deliver a breakout session at their national convention in Tampa. The topic was how to design a persuasive speech. However, since the convention was going to have over 30 different speakers, many of these speakers were experts in the industry, but not necessarily professional speakers. So in past conventions, 
the sessions were somewhat kind of dry and boring. So the client wanted Abby and I to, to design a way to train these 30 speakers who happened to be in over a dozen different cities uh, all at one time. And to come up with a solution, we brought in our video producer, his name was Evan, and, and we, we reached out to one of our facilitators, Fiona, who had a background in producing films. And, and we tossed around a number of different ideas, including webinars, you know, having speakers come to the convention space early, and even going to the different cities for more personal one-on-one -on -one coaching. But the solution that we came up with, though, was to start with a webinar for the whole group. And we delivered that, that webinar live three different times because we knew that people from all were going to be, these speakers were going to be in cities all over the world. And we had each presenter work with one of our instructors one-on-one -on -one via, via Zoom. Um, and then, and then when, as they arrived at the convention hall, the day before everybody was supposed to speak before the convention started, um, we worked with each one of the, the speakers who needed additional help and it worked perfectly. So basically, I mean, that's th those details paint a vivid picture. You know exactly who was having the problem, what problem they had, who was involved in the solution and how we delivered that solution by all those details. Now, you don't necessarily have to put in all the details, but I just wanted to kind of give you the two extremes. The first example had zero details. The second example had lots of example or lots of details. And so you probably want to end up with some something kind of in between those. All right, so tip number five is, and this is the, the last of the steps of storytelling. It's how to end your presentation story. And one of the best ways to do that is with a call to action. So uh, for, for uh, but by the way, my dental hygienist, the lady that, that cleans my teeth, she's a fantastic storyteller. <laughs> she, she's constantly chatting away during teeth cleaning, cleanings. Um, the stories are always really, really interesting. However, when I leave, it, it it's really almost comical because... The reason is I always wonder, what was the point of the stories, right? She's just kind of talking and telling stories. I mean, they're captivating. I'm, it's painting the vivid image. It's in my, my head. I'm, I remember the details and everything, but I'm always kind of leaving going, what was the point? Why was she telling me those things? So you don't want your audiences to have similar questions when, when they leave your, your presentation. So go ahead and tell them what the point was. Um, by the way, we, we do this naturally. A lot of people will do this naturally. We often kind of finish the story by saying, my point is, or the, the reason I'm telling you this is, or the moral of the story is. I mean, I remember reading Aesop's fables when I was a kid, and they, they always ended with the moral of the story is. So don't leave your audience hanging. Leave them with the moral of the story. Um, and so basically, those little five simple things are things that you can do to improve your storytelling, make you a better storytelling. You don't have to include all five of those things, but if you just include a couple of those things, it's going to make your stories much, much better. Um, I'm going to give you the real secret, though, of how to tell a great story, and that's to practice what I call different versions. Uh, this, this final tip, it's not really one of the, the steps in storytelling, but it's an important part of how to really tell a story. And, and it's a good idea to practice different versions of your story based on the, the time frame that's allotted. Um, I, by the way, I got a, I got this tip from a friend of mine, Tom Antion, who um, I was interviewing him for, for the podcast. In fact, if you want to go back and listen to it, it's probably number 10 or 15, something like that, very early on. And he suggested in that, in that podcast, he suggested having a 30-second version 
of your story, a one-minute version of your story, and a two-minute version of every single story that you tell. And when he kind of said that, it was, I mean, because I've been in speaking for so long, it, it was, it's one of those things that, that was like, God, why didn't I think of that? Because that's brilliant. That's a brilliant thing to do. Uh, and by the way, I'm not saying have three different kinds of stories. That's not what I'm su- suggesting at all. I'm suggesting that you, you get good at telling the same story in different ways so that the timing of your story um, is the right length for whatever time that you have allotted. So uh, if, you, if you have three minutes to speak, you can tell the story. If you have 30 minutes to speak, you can tell a longer version of the story. If you have three hours to speak, you can tell an even more detailed version of the story. And the best storytellers are able to condense that whole story down in the, t- in the time that they absolutely have to, to do so. Um, although I've been kind of teaching students how to tell great stories for, for years, I, I never really taught this until, Tom kind of mentioned it to me and, and uh, I'll just say something like, you know, basically I, what I would tell my audience members and my class members is I would say, Hey, if time is short, just condense your story down. And after Tom mentioned this tip though, I began to kind of pay attention to the look on my, my students' faces. When I said that all of a sudden I started noticing that I said, yeah, just condense it down. And like, cause I could tell they were thinking by the look on your, their faces, they were thinking, how, how in the world do I do that? Well, we started practicing this in class. We started doing it uh, for each one of the the stories that we were telling. And it's been a really, really, really big help. In fact, um, we sometimes find that a well-worded 30-second version of the story can actually be even more impactful than a longer one. And so I I would suggest that you kind of try it yourself and you'll probably get some really, 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 really good results All right. So hopefully these are great tips to helping you become a better storyteller. Next week, we're going to talk about how stories can actually help you reduce public speaking fear as well. And so you probably want to insert more of them into your presentation. So stay tuned, come back next week, and we'll talk about how that, how to put that into practice. So thanks a lot for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast. Bye. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.